Vito Interact facility is um, is a large facility actually in Saskatoon, based at the University of Saskatchewan, um, and we're focusing right now completely on this coronavirus and uh, conducting research, um, trying to uh, develop a vaccine here against the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, the vaccine is going to be the big game changer. But until we get the vaccine, we have to make sure that we have enough PPE to keep our healthcare workers, our frontline workers uh, safe. And I understand that you have at your lab the ability to disinfect N95 masks for reuse. Can you tell us about how that's done? And I know that your lab is one of the only ones. There's only a few that can do this in North America. Why it's so specialized? Right. So we actually have a a large animal research facility. And so we are already set up with the technology to decontaminate um, whole rooms and equipment that might be in those rooms that have already been cleaned and, and dried. So it's a clean, dry surface. And so then we have the technology to inject from the floor above into these animal rooms that have been used for research with um, high-risk pathogens, um, such as this coronavirus. Routinely, we work with um, bovine tuberculosis. Um, We've worked with MERS coronavirus as well, developing animal models for vaccine research. And so we have already a, a track record of about five years where we inject this um, vaporized hydrogen peroxide into the room. And so we have established um, cycles that we've done lots of validation work and we continue to validate every cycle using biological indicators to prove um, effective uh, sterilization essentially of this process. So we have the technology, as I say, we can inject this vapor into a room and we have, you know, sort of uh, established procedures where we have uh, required contact time of this hydrogen peroxide, which is a sterilizing agent. Um, and so we achieve the contact time and then we aerate the room overnight and, and go in and, and collect these biological indicators and uh, to verify whether or not our cycle was successful. Okay, I want to dumb this down as uh, best I can and see if I'm right here. Uh, so you you inject the room with a specific vapor, which is hydrogen mm-hmm. peroxide. It lands on the mask. You leave it there for a specific amount of time where it decontaminates the mask, kills anything that's on it, and then you go in and, and retrieve the mask safely. Is that the idea? Well, we don't retrieve. That's essentially it. At that point, we don't retrieve the mask. We retrieve biological indicators, which have been set out in the room, And then we have to take those and incubate them in a growth media that is in in an environment, so essentially at 50 degrees Celsius, 60 degrees Celsius, um, that is the appropriate growth conditions for the biological spore that's in this biological indicator. And so if we can prove that we have killed the bacterial spore that's in the biological indicator, which is proven to be the most difficult um, agent to inactivate or kill, then we have also killed anything else that might be in that room, including coronavirus that might be contaminating these masks. Ah, so, so you're, you're trying to find out if you can kill a superbug, essentially. Right, and if you can, then you've killed yeah. everything else. And so, okay, yeah, I get it. So it's, right it seems like a simple concept. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a very basic concept. Um, so it takes us a little bit of time because these biological indicators, the ones that we have, that we've used routinely, um, they need a 24-hour incubation time. So right now, that's sort of our our time limit. We set up the room with the, the N95 masks, and we inject the, the VHP into the room. That's about a three-hour cycle. It aerates after the cycle, um, and then we go in and collect the biological indicators, incubate them, and that's the 24-hour. So, so we could do a room full of masks about every two days. And how many masks can you put in a room? Well, it depends on the size of the room. Right now, we've got a smaller anteroom that's set up, and that one can do, um, gosh, what were the numbers? Um, 600 and something. Um, but we also have, of course, these larger animal rooms, and we're actually just today in the process of setting up the animal room with infrastructure so that we can put in just over a 1,000 masks in, in an animal room. And so in, you know, sort of every two days, we could potentially um, process, um, it was about, um, what was it, about 4,000 masks. Okay, so that would, I mean, that would definitely help our frontline workers. We're hearing that a couple of Toronto hospitals this morning were talking to our uh, our morning show about the fact that they want the N95 masks saved after work, not thrown away so that they can save them and see if they can decontaminate them. You know, you're working out in the, uh, in, in Saskatchewan. Um, what are the odds of you being able to disinfect our masks? I mean, it seems like it's a, it's a lengthy process. Right. So right now, the agreement that we have is with the, Saskatch- uh, the Saskatoon Health Authority, which covers three hospitals in Saskatoon. Um, and so they are collecting, they're in the process of collecting used um, N95 respirators and we'll, we'll send them over to us for reprocessing, for sterilization, and then we'll send them back. And right now, the... the um, you know, sort of the plan going forward is to for them to store those decontaminated masks as a backup in case their their initial sort of supply chain um, runs out. So right now we're just communicating and planning with the three hospitals in Saskatoon. There are other hospitals in the province, for example, in, in Regina. Um, they're just starting to come into this process. And so, you know, we're really taking it slowly, trying to establish a procedure that works for everybody within Saskatoon and then within Saskatchewan. And we'll see where it goes from there, hoping that we never actually have to use those reprocessed masks. That, that a new supply will come in, that their supply of, of, um, of new masks will continue. Um, but this is just a backup plan for them. Is it an expensive and, process? I'm sorry? Is it an expensive process? Um, it's, it's not expensive. Like I say, the, the, really the only consumables that we use are the hydrogen peroxide, which really in the grand scheme of things is not a large number. Um, right. We're using the people who were, are, have volunteered to help set up the masks and collect them at the end of the process um, are all essentially grad students and technicians who are otherwise sitting at home um, not able to work because their research um, 
programs have essentially been shut down for the for the um, response to this pandemic. And so they're more You're... than happy, happy to come in and help with this effort. So they're already on the payroll. And so it's, it's essentially um, not costing anything that way. That's good to hear. Um, the you, I've, I know that your decontamination method deals with, as we've gone through, hydrogen peroxide. How does that differ from UV light? Because I've been hearing a lot of talk about UV light when it comes to decam- decontamination. Yeah, so UV light, um, as well as a, as a sterilizer on, on sur- clean surfaces, um, and so just slightly different mechanism, a different application, um, because the the process that we have has the ability to, you know, the vapor can fill any sealed container essentially or or a space, um, then then we've got we can just increase the number the space because we've got already that set up. Um, we don't have UV light set up. Um, you know, I'm not sure. But do they are they do, are they equally as accurate at disinfecting masks? Do you know? I'm not sure. I can't. I haven't okay. done a lot of reading on the UV light yet. We're sort of focusing on on the VHP, and um, you know, getting that set up. So, so I can't really comment very well on the UV. You probably can comment on this, though. Uh, we know that medical workers are really worried about having to reuse their PPEs. How can you reassure them that this method, your method of disinfected masks, is safe for for reuse if we get to that point? Hmm. So the Duke University in the United States has actually done um, a fair bit of, of research um, looking at this technology, the vaporized hydrogen peroxide, with used um, masks. And so they, they published um, a report and document, and the Food and Drug Administration has, has approved that process for um, reprocessing used N95s for, for reuse. The National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg has also done some work and is continuing to do some work testing testing the integrity of the masks and testing the sterility of the masks after this process. And their limited number of um, of test runs at this point have have shown um, that the masks can be reprocessed using vaporized hydrogen peroxide um, at least five times, and that the sterility, the sterilization, so inactivation of the of the coronavirus. So they actually um, experimentally um, infected, placed coronavirus onto a mask, and mm-hmm. then tr- tried to recover the virus after it had been uh, the mask had been uh, vaporized, hydrogen peroxide decontaminated, and they were unable to to um, to isolate any virus afterwards. So, wow, that's good. Know, so that, yeah, so that's some some really good preliminary evidence that that mm-hmm. this uh, this process works. Well, Tracy, let's hope we don't have to, you know, take advantage of what you do in your lab and reuse these PPEs. I know our uh, frontline workers are extremely worried about their supply, but let's hope we get the the new uh, N95s that they need to keep them safe during this pandemic. I want to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure.